you're on a hot date with Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. So you know how you text your friends and ask them what to wear on the first date, how to respond to a text from your crush, or to weigh in on whether you should post a certain pic on the socials? Guys, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Join our village because we're serving you expert guests who are filled with tips and tricks that will take some of the guessing out of the game. And while you're at it, make sure you subscribe and share our pod with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. So today's episode is a bit different. It's a part of Veronica Grant's How to Actually Feel Worthy in Love podcast tour. We were so honored when Veronica asked us to be a part of it. Every day for two weeks, the tour featured an episode from a variety of podcasts on how to actually feel worthy in love. Veronica has specially curated this list of podcasts to ensure that you get the most actionable, BS-free support to help you feel more worthy in love. Yesterday's episode was with Amy Smith and The Joy Junkie Show. And today, it's us. To register for the entire tour so you can listen to all the participating podcasts, go to veronicagrant.com slash podtour for more. So we're talking about fear and love today. And fear and love might feel like opposites, but... They actually are more connected than you think. The truth is when we think that when you allow someone to love you, you're also allowing them to hurt you. I know that sounds a little morbid because at some point you will feel hurt or pain and it's usually ending up in a breakup, but not always, even if you stay together, there's going to be hurt and pain along the way. And this is why we think love feels scary and it causes people to feel fearful Opening up and being vulnerable is really scary, especially when you know that you'll be feeling hurt at some point too. It's like you're excited for the love, but you're bracing yourself for the hurt at the same time. Yikes. I mean, I sometimes feel that way when thinking about, you know, how my life is so peaceful now as a single person. Obviously, I have my gripes, but the fact that I could get hurt in a relationship sounds terrifying knowing how it feels. And we've talked about, um, I think, healing on previous episodes and surviving trauma of any kind. And I think I do weigh the, let's just say drama-free life I live now against what might occur in a relationship. But all of these fears on top of the trials and tribulations that go along with dating in LA make it scarier than getting a bad perm and ultimately can cause you to feel unworthy of it depending on how badly you were hurt. This is why we need to talk it out. Expressing fears in a safe place, like a pod where tons of people are listening, is our way of working through the normal worries and anxieties that come with falling in love and breaking up with the fears that are irrational and have no space or function in our hearts. Hopefully you can relate to one or all of them and know you're not alone in fearland. We feel like we're worthy of love and we're here to talk about our fears. Are you ready, Jen? Um, maybe. Um, (laughs) I think yes, it's probably time to get them out. I'm definitely ready, especially since I am in the thick of it and just had a situation that shook me a bit and did cause me to question my worthiness for a moment. I think that's normal. I'm, I'm ready to, to talk about it because I've had in the dating world, many fears, um, dated for a really long time until I met my husband and I, it doesn't matter. Feeling worthy is, 
being single or in a relationship, it still remains. Like, I think we all need to understand that feeling worthy and unworthy can like exist in the same being. That's okay. But it's like, it's finding the balance, right? Like you can't just be like, I'm, I'm the best person ever. And like nothing, nothing can touch me. Like clearly we all have to realize our flaws and learn from them and things, but it exists no matter if you're single or not. I just think it feels more heightened when, or I guess it can, when you're dating specifically, Jen, back me up on this in LA, because I've also dated in New York and in the Bay area and you've dated in like Miami and LA is its own specific animal. So I think we're going to kind of focus on those of you who are listening and dating in LA. If you want to take this advice and put it into like, okay, well, I'm dating in a major city. It's probably not that different. It might not be, but we're going to specifically talk about LA. Oh yeah. Since I've been dating in LA for now, let's say 14 years, obviously I've had relationships from time to time, but I think the fears that I feel are usually related to how another person views me. Now, if I'm left to my own devices to evaluate myself, I think I'm freaking awesome. And it, that's what I think causes you to feel unworthy is when you're weighing what you think about yourself against what someone else might think about you. And they always say, you know, it doesn't matter what other people think about you. Like you don't need outside validation. And truly I don't, but I think in a romantic setting, when you want to find a partner or you're looking at somebody to potentially continue seeing and, and bring into your life and you develop these feelings and all of that jazz, what they think does matter to you. So it's hard not to feel a certain thing when they decide they don't like you or they change their mind or they like somebody else more than you or whatever the case may be. It's nearly impossible not to care about how somebody views you, especially when you view them a certain way. So diving into these fears, or I guess a little background into like the recent situation just for context. So everyone knows where I'm coming from. I'd gone on a couple of dates with a person and he really connected with me on like a certain spiritual level. Like we could talk very openly about spirituality, about the fact that we both lost our dads, um, about what we're looking for, about ourselves. And we're pretty open about so many things. So it felt like a safe space and I felt like it was progressing. So like the first date we'd hung out for however many hours we went to dinner. The second date he cooked for me and we spent however many hours together. And it was really like cozy, comfortable, open. I didn't worry about it, like developing between dates. I felt like we were just on a good path and I felt really, I guess not safe, but not worried, I guess, because it seemed like well, I'm really dealing with an adult here who prioritizes very similar things as I do. So yeah, you felt you felt as safe as you could in the position. It's not like you're going to feel totally safe with someone that you're still getting to know. There's still right. some boundaries up, but you felt safe enough that that was like a good feeling for you. You didn't feel unsafe. And that's something to keep in mind too. The stages of relationships, there's different expectations of things that you're going to feel. So you felt as safe as you should have been feeling at that moment. Yeah. And I think that's like what you want to feel when you're getting closer to finding the person for you. Let's just say like the one, I don't know if I believe in that, but the person for you now. So yeah. for me, I felt, okay, I can be my normal self around this person and he likes that. So, and then same with him, with me, we like each other for who we're showing each other to be. And I felt I was being my most me. 
Um, and then, so, you know, we planned a third date and it was going to be like a marathon of a day where we were going to go bike riding. And then we were going to the beach and then we went to Whole Foods and grocery shop together. And then he cooked and we just hung out and had dinner and watch TV together. And it was like 11 hours. It was 11 freaking hours where I wasn't annoyed with this person. I had a great time, felt really good to be with him. I felt feelings. I felt like my heartbeat and I didn't want him out of my space. I actually like felt affection toward him and all of this stuff. You did like regular things that you were like, okay, I like doing these regular things with this person. So it's not like I'm going on bachelor dates here. We're right. like going grocery shopping and watching TV. That's like what, and you still were enjoying that. So that's a great Totally. Time. Totally had a great time with him. It felt like, okay, I can continue doing this. Like if this kind of day can happen three dates in and we're having a great time and granted I could have fun in a box by myself, but if I can also have fun with the other person, not get annoyed with them, not want to like, you know, go have me time or go hang out with my friends. This day was like, for us, I felt good about that. And so I left the date feeling good about it. He apparently had other thoughts. And I, what, what really rocked me is the fact that our takeaways were so different because if you had asked me while I was in front of him, he was showing me that he was on the same page. So I don't know what went wrong for him. And he didn't tell me. He just said that because his boundaries regarding mochi on the couch and the bed were broken, it made him think about other things. And that since he didn't see a future that he didn't want to waste my time, I'm like, okay, well, that's bizarre. So I didn't even dive into what his thoughts were because I thought it was so freaking ridiculous because he was not kicking me out after 11 hours. Let's be honest. I'm not really sure. Like things did not progress in the way super physical, but had that happened. And then the next day he would have been like, yeah. Um, and it wasn't even the next day. It was like two days later. He was like, I don't see a future. I would have been like, uh, screw you, you person who takes what you want and then throws people out. So anyway, the point is it set off my like fears of so I can have like a really awesome day with somebody and feel really comfortable. It feel like all of the things that are, you know, necessary for me to want to proceed were just a lie because I don't really actually know where this person stood at all because his actions showed one thing. And I guess what he really felt and thought was something different. But while I was with him, would have never guessed that. He was yeah. like, okay, like, let's snuggle and let's watch TV. And let's like, at no point was he saying okay, well, I'm kind of not into this. Like, I think we should call it or anything. I'm the one who was like, I think it's time for me to go. So anyway, I think it's the, I feel deceived in his actions because they were not showing me signs of that. And usually you can pick up, I think, on when somebody's not into you. Or I mean, at least I have been on dates with people that I have not been into them and they picked up on it and did not reach out thereafter. So this just sparked my list of fears and I'm just going to rattle them off because I think at this point it's like they're sort of all wrapped up together in a fear bundle. But some of them are, will I never find somebody because I'm too much of me? Like, am I too me that somebody's never going to be like, I want that? because I'm too Jennifer, whatever that means. And I I mean, I know what I am and what I'm not, but maybe I'm too me. Do I really ultimately think that is the case? No, I think somebody will someday find that lovely and charming and endearing. And like, obviously we have friends. So like, it's not like people are repelled from me. (laughs) I have people that love me for me because I am me. But so that's why it is a fear because I'm not finding that person yet. So I think I haven't proved it to be untrue, even though logically in my mind, I know that it's 
not the case. But then am I too old now to find somebody appropriate or will they have space in their life for me? Because the older you get, the more set in your ways you get, the more full your life gets. So like also with this guy, he had every hobby under the sun. And I'm like, do you have room to date? Because it seems like you do not. If you're working, doing yoga, DJing, going out with friends, rock climbing, surfing. I mean, literally every hobby. It was just ridiculous. But I had room for him. And I also felt a little bit judged because he was like, would you do this activity? Or, oh, you don't do that. I'm like, I haven't yet. And it doesn't spark joy in my life thinking about it right now. But like, that doesn't mean I'm not open-minded. I would go do anything. I might not like everything, but also you don't have to come to ballet with me or go on my girls' nights or girls' trips. Like, I'm not going to force you to do everything I do. It's just, I think, unrealistic. We can have separate fun things that we do in our lives. We were whole people before this all started. I thought he was a little bit judgmental on like things that are kind of superficial when we did connect on a deeper level. But that I guess I was wrong. We did not connect on a deeper level because who the hell knows where this guy stands. But anyway, I also feel like, will I fall in love finally? And then tragedy strikes. I do have that tied to like my dad or just dating in LA back to that. Like also another fear is if I'm not an Instagram model, will anyone ever choose me? Because there's always going to be somebody wearing less clothes, hotter, younger, all of the things more preaching about their namaste lifestyle or their spirituality. I'm like, I can't with the people that preach on Instagram and that this guy too was like, I'm so into spirituality, mind, body, spirit. I'm like, okay, except that when you finally meet somebody who connects on that level, you opt for somebody who plays volleyball on Venice Beach because you're so obsessed with Venice Beach volleyball. I'm like, let's all get our priorities straight or at least yeah. mean what we say. I'm worried that I have to settle. I have a fear of that because I'm like, dating here feels like, I, I don't know, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. Should I go for somebody who's just nice and likes me because the ones I like seem to be a mess? Then I worry that I can't trust anyone because when I do, then this happens. Like I thought I met somebody who was pretty open and honest and a straight shooter and was not the case. So I don't know. And then I also feel like, I don't know, maybe I missed the window to find somebody because I was with the wrong person for longer than I should have been. And then it's taken however long to heal from that relationship. And then I came back into the dating world in LA, geriatric. (laughs) So I don't know. Like I understand obviously the logic behind all of these things, but at the same time, because I'm still living in this world of dating and I don't have the opposite result. And even then you could find somebody and then, you know, shit hits the fan or they die or they cheat or they become a woman or I don't know what happens or they fall out of love. You think you find it all. And I'm sure, you know, we'll get into your fears because your fears are probably different after having dated in LA or having dated period. And now you're in a different phase of your relationship. Fears are fears and they come from, I think our experiences versus what we haven't experienced because we know what we know and we know that it hurts and it's scary. It's scary. I think if you break it down to really simple terms, like if you were explaining it to a two-year-old, like the fear comes, it's like based in like a fear of loss in some way, shape or form. Like I have this thing that I really love and it's going to go away. Maybe if it's just because you're in a really big fight and then there's like a rift in your relationship for a week or a month or a year, or maybe it's because the person falls out of love and you get divorced. It could be on the spectrum of feeling lost because you can feel it to many degrees but I feel like it's all based in that fear of losing I mean like you know we all know what it feels like to be in your situation that you just explained where you're like excited and hopeful and you've gone on a couple dates the fear that that loss is like okay well it's less about the person and more about like the loss of hope that you're feeling but then 
that can feel really damaging almost in a different way, but as much or just, I guess, different than when you really like lose somebody that you've been with for like, I don't know, however long your last serious relationship was like, what, four years or something like that's also a loss, but it's like, you know, it can, it can hit you on different levels. So I think like, I think what you're saying though, about hope, like hope being the thing that's lost and that's what it causes you to fear continuing on or to lose that sense of worthiness because you're like, okay, I finally like somebody. And then, you know, you're excited or you finally open up or you finally feel the feelings you've been wanting to feel. And then it's just taken away kind of without any sort of justification. It makes no sense logically. Like, listen, if you're fired from a job, you get a, you get a explanation as to why if you're kind of, you know, not dumped or whatever, but like just dismissed from a dating dynamic, oftentimes people don't give you the reason why it's hard to, yeah. So you're left to your own devices. Like, what did I do? Right. And then that's when you spiral into the worthiness category, because all you can do is look at yourself because you participated and they're not choosing you. So you wonder what it is that you did to screw it up or whatever. In this case, I don't feel that way. I I think it was a lot of him and his issues, thankfully, but I have gone down the worthiness, you know, rabbit hole and it just sucks. So, I mean, you were here, but now you're in a different phase of your relationship. What are your fears surrounding where I guess you've been and where you're at? They, they just sort of, they're always the same. Like they sort of live in that like worthiness, um, loss world, but they manifest, manifest themselves specifically differently because the situation I'm in is different, but they're really kind of all come from the same place. And I think everyone needs to realize that no matter what your relationship status is, that's probably going to be the case. But, um, like you know, am I doing a good job as a partner? Like, can I be doing everything that I can, you know, should be doing? And when I think when you're with somebody who is like a very, a very good partner too, you're going to question that in a healthy way. Um, because you want to make sure you're being your best person. I think that James is a very good person. So I'm constantly trying to like make check myself too to like make sure I'm showing up too. So question myself there, like, could I be more selfless? Um, like losing my partner in some way, whether it's like emotionally a little bit or like just totally all the way completely to get, I mean, that's morbid, but like, I'm scared of that. I don't want that to happen, you know? Um, or like, then you start having kids and you worry, are your kids going to like watch this relationship that's like good and healthy? Are they going to have both parents in their lives? Like consistently, um, what if that happens? Like, what if one of us falls out of love? Like, or like, this is specific, but what if one of us cheated? But it's like, it's like, okay, one of us got really drunk and like, we don't even remember what happened. And it wasn't like some emotional affair was like one of those one night, like, shit, I don't even remember what happened things. Like, how do you bounce back from that? Do you like kind of forgive them? Because like, it was an accident. And like, I know James well enough to know that like, he probably would never maliciously do something like that. But then you got to ask yourself, like, where is it stemming from something else? Just like weird things like that, where you're like, I don't really feel like he would ever do that. And I don't think I would either. But you you think about random things that are like more, um, maybe like rare or like, what if that weird thing happened? Like, what would you do? Um, 
but yeah, like it's all coming from, I think if you look at all those, they're like all, maybe I'm questioning if I'm worthy enough or I'm afraid of losing what I have. Um, and I think that as long as we understand like what the worthiness wound is, like then that is kind of like a jumping off point. It's like the worthiness wound that like phrase is like feeling as though like our needs don't matter as much as like those around us. Like we have a feeling potentially that could happen. Like if we have a feeling that we're worthy, but we're unworthy at the same time, if that makes any sense, like that's what that is. It's almost like a vicious cycle, right? Like you know your self-worth, you know, like the things your friends say that are great about you and the things that like your family says are great about you and the things that you like about yourself. But then you also feel this like weird question that you have sometimes, because could you imagine if you walked around and you were just like, I'm the best, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, that's not good. But then you also don't want to be the person that's like, I'm the worst, I can't do anything right. Like, so to know that all of these things exist under one umbrella that's okay. It's finding that balance, right? Because you want to know, like, I do have self-worth. Like somebody might, I might go on three dates with someone and they might make me question it for a second, which is normal. Like, Hey, wait a minute. Did I this? Did I do that? Am I this? Am I that? Was I too much of this? Was I not enough of that? That's okay. That doesn't mean you're like doubting your self-worth. That just means you're checking in. And then you go, yeah, you know what? No, I'm fine here. Or, Oh, you know what? Maybe I could have been a little nicer about that. Fine. Whatever. But you have to have both of those things to like even the scales, right? Otherwise, you're just like, what would it be like, psychopath or something? If you were just like, I'm the best thing ever. I mean, sometimes I sound like that, but I do mean that. And that's the thing. I think the wound part is that something scratches your surface and it seeps deep into a place that we all have the capability to go, which is why me or why not me? And you can tell yourself you're great at all these things. But the minute someone challenges that because of your heart, I think that's a different story because, well, how do you work at your heart? You know, you could say you could win contests, you know, bodybuilding contests, and then that means you're the, you have the best body or you can be promoted at work. And that means you're the best at whatever that role is. You can be somebody's best friend. That means you're the best of the friends. And so you kind of build up all of these areas that you excel in. And then the minute you're failing in something that's literally out of your control, it's nearly impossible, I think, to not question, again, your contribution. But at the same time, you have to have that healthy balance of knowing what you do bring to the table. But so also when you compare yourself to like TV shows and movies and social media and all that stuff, you're seeing the curated version of things. Like I always say, I see people who work on themselves so much less in what seems to be happy relationships. And I'm like, do I need to dumb down? Do I need to stop working on myself altogether? Do I know too much? Because at the end of the day, they look like they're super happy and I'm over here single. And not that that's a bad thing. Again, we always say that that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just what you want. Mm -hmm. And so if it's what I don't have, to me, it's the thing I want. So I'm like, well, why don't I have that thing? What is it about me? And again, we shouldn't compare ourselves to others because everybody's walking their own path. We need to stay in our own lane, obviously. But again, human nature is to compare in that damn social media and 
rom-coms and things like that. It's like, yeah. it's just so unreasonable to think any of that is reality. And even when people post Instagram versus reality, that it's is not, a, the reality still, is curated still because you picked still, that photo that you think is funny. I honestly, I think the, everything you said is 100%. I think it's just, you need to be in a state of mind and it's not always going to be possible because if you've just been broken up with, you're maybe not thinking straight, or if you just had a horrible loss, like some things seem elevated or certain parts of your worries or some fears like take over. But for the most part, if you're like a balanced individual as best as you can be, you just need to take these things into consideration. Social media, movies, like watch them, enjoy them, take what you want from them, but also know like take it with a grain of salt. Like I have people I follow on Instagram. I'm like, this is so like, I like just like tuning out and watching this girl's stories. But like, I'm also like, yeah, I mean, this is not, I, it is what it is. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not compare myself because say don't to say don't compare yourself is not possible. That's just how people are. It's like sometimes what makes you better. It's sometimes what inspires you. Comparing doesn't have to be negative. It could be like, oh man, I really like that. That girl just ran five miles. I usually only run three. Like, I want to, I want to do that. Like, she's killing it, and I could too. Like, you're kind of comparing yourself there, but then you're using it to motivate. Like, just take it all with a grain of salt. Don't be so extreme. I can't compare myself because you're gonna, but just try to remember like within your world, what it looks like to be your best and like what good things you want to take from people and then take it and use it. Like, for example, how can we feel really confident on a date? Because now let's say you've gone on Instagram and you like this girl and her husband and you want to be like them or whatever. And you're like, okay, well, she also bought this cute thing from Target. Like, I'm going to go get that too. Like, I think the first thing you can do about being confident on a date, it starts with a cute outfit or for a girl. And if you're a dude, like just an outfit you feel good in or cute, whatever you want to call it. But I just think that when you feel comfortable, it sounds superficial, but it's not. When you feel comfortable, you're going to walk in with like, you're going to feel good, like physically. And then you're also going to have like a mental air of confidence that you're presenting your best self. And it's simple. Like, honestly, just keep in mind where you're going. So you dress appropriately, the temperature of the place, you're comfortable. And then I think it's as simple as like, everyone invests in a quality pair of jeans, like spend the money if you need to get the ones that you feel good in that look really good on you. Like, and then if you're a girl, like put on a cute pair of earrings or a cute accessory to enhance your look. And if you're a dude, my advice is like, go light on the cologne. We just, we want to smell your manliness, but like not too much. That's like simple, like get a cute pair of jeans, make yourself feel good. So I definitely do try and wear something I feel good in. And I always like to agree to an activity or place that I feel comfortable with and get there early so that I'm not rushing, late, anxious, like anything that will sort of keep me from being um, calm and my best self. Like I don't want to come in with like weird energy. So like once the logistics are taken care of and I'm on the date, I try to remember we both opted to be on the date itself and are equals. I'm not trying to prove myself to them, you know, more than they're trying to prove themselves to me and be like, liked by each other. It's one is not, you know, the judge and the other one, the applicant. This is not the bachelor. So we both need to like each other. So that is something I do try and remember because all I can be is me and I'm pretty great. I think taking it for what it is and just having fun makes it so much more enjoyable and takes the pressure off. And at the end of the day, 
if I get to try a new place or go somewhere I like going, it wasn't a wash. It was a win because now I can say I've been to that place. I liked it. Um, I got to eat good food. I tried good wine. Potentially I had a couple laughs. Maybe I learned something, which would be really ideal or you learn something about yourself or what you're looking for. So I think yeah, the date itself, unless you truly do not want to go, could just be an exercise in checking your own temperature and where you want to go from there. And that's only going to enhance the worthiness you feel or help you along the path if you're searching for that because you're going to learn some things and ask yourself some questions or you're going to take away some good things in an already confident state and use them in the future. Like, oh, I really like that place and that wine. Like next time I go on a date, I'm going to take suggest this place because I know I really like it. Or So it's going to, all of that advice sort of enhances your worthiness too. And like in LA, it's hard to like come by fun dates because it feels like there's like everyone's done it or something's trendy. So like take note of the things that you really liked and enjoyed and things that were different or fun activities, like you said, because that is helpful. And it just like makes the date more fun. So, I mean, I guess I just experienced this and I think this is something that definitely makes people feel unworthy and it's still something everybody's learning how to deal with because dating apps are still somewhat new and somewhat new to, I think, people that just get out of a relationship and are trying them for the first time. So like, how do we not let ghosting or rejection from these apps affect our worthiness. And I think for me personally, it, it's been a constant struggle, but something that happens often for any number of reasons, few having anything to do with me personally, which I've come to learn mostly because when I sit and think about all the reasons I've ghosted somebody or even might've been ghosted, I remove myself from the equation and ultimately feel a lot better because it could be anything from bad timing to personal issues, to liking someone I met before them that I'm, I'd rather spend time on. So I'm less on the app and not responding necessarily to dating app fatigue where you just need to take a break and it's nothing to do with the other person at all because you don't even know them to traveling to who knows what the reasons are freaking endless. But at the end of the day, I have to decide that if somebody's going to judge me and ghost me for something, I write them on the app they're not ready to give things further of a chance in real life anyway, because they're, you know, so quick to judge. And I think ultimately I don't want to even proceed with somebody who's that quick to judge. And I think my recent experience with this guy, even after three dates and his version of let's just say ghosting or rejection was seemingly extremely judgmental. So I'm like, good riddance. Let's, let's get to it quicker before it becomes something further down the line. And I'm judged more harshly and then ghosted at that point, or people just never know how to end things properly anyway. So it's like, let's just get it over with. If it's not going to work out, I'd rather see your true colors sooner than later and not take it personally. I'd rather consider it a blessing. Right. And I think now it's funny because we feel the same exact way about this. And like, we would answer this question the same way. Like, I feel like you have to tell yourself, I know that it's like really cliche, but it's like most of the time, it's always, always, almost always true. It's not you, it's them. And like, you got to reverse the roles, right? So like, just what you said, like put yourself in their shoes. Like, have you ever done that before? Have you ever, and even you, Jen, like, let's just call a spade a spade. Like if someone's going to be super judgmental of something you say on a dating app, you're like, okay, you're lit. Like, whatever you, I don't like that. Like you also have to know that like, sometimes you do that too. 
you're just like, oh, you wrote that? Something about a tiger or my grandparents? Goodbye. Like that annoys you. So, and that's fine. You know, some people have boundaries. Like you are allowed to be judgmental to a point, right? So like you are allowed to be bothered by something to a point or whatever. But I think if it's like we've been talking about the show, there's like a lack of balance or an extreme or something. It's like, then you start to like, question like okay what do I maybe you question your self-worth maybe you're really fearful of something and so it's coming out in this weird manifesting itself in a weird way for the most part so hard with dating apps because you don't know the person at all so you're basically just going on this like minimal texting and like a picture and so it's hard not to judge right like it's annoying when people do it but it's hard not to because you you're only left with like, okay, I'm supposed to make a decision on this person based on what I'm seeing. So like you kind of are being asked to judge, right? So it's like, but if you go back to like the ghosting, whether it's just after a couple of exchanges on an app or after a couple of dates, clearly the more into it you get, the worse it feels. And like after a certain point, ghosting, it's not really acceptable. Like it shouldn't happen, but like after a certain point, like after you've been out a couple of times, like it's not allowed. Like if you're ghosting someone after you've like dated them, like that's majorly fucked up. But like on the apps talking and going like maybe a a date or something like it happens and like people deal with it. But I think you and I both agree on the fact that you have to tell yourself it's not me. It's them. They could have gotten fired. They could still be in love with an ex. All the things you listed, I like literally have that list in my head. It's like, you know, when it's you, and you've done that before to somebody that like, those are all the reasons that pop up for you. Right. So you just have to like, kind of be realistic with yourself in that and just be like something going on in their life. Like it kind of sucks and it stings, like rip the bandaid off and then move on. I also think that on the subject of dating apps and, and how people can feel unworthy because of it, or even just ghosting or ending things in general, like I think it should be our responsibility as dating participants in the world of, you know, love and all of that jazz, like if you're going to participate, you should hold yourself to a certain set of ethical codes. And it should be that you give people a form of closure. You go into some sort of explanation. You don't have to pick them apart, but you give them something like this guy said, I'm incredible. I'm this, I'm that, but he had some concerns and doesn't see a future. Didn't tell me the concerns. And again, like I said, I didn't ask, but I wish I had asked, or I wish he had told me because otherwise it's hard to not go down that unworthiness rabbit hole when you don't have concrete information. I I have a friend that actually recently was not ghosted, but she was rejected, let's just say, by a guy that she had matched with, hung out with three or four times. And he did say, I am not over my ex in the way that I thought I should be. I feel still hung up about it. And it has nothing to do with you at all. I think you are awesome. It is me just not being ready to be free and clear of that and have it not taint what we're doing. And I think that's unfair to you because it's not your problem. It's mine. Right. And so he ended things with her. She was really upset because she was bummed. Cause again, it was very similar to how I felt where it was, I was excited and she was excited and it was whole thing, but she's like, I'd rather that than him, you know, hurt me in the process of him healing and giving some generic reason. Like he was very yes. specific and you can still, let's be real. You can still be like, well, then why am I attracting men like this or whatever? Like you could still go down the unworthiness rabbit hole if you want. I mean, it could be endless really, but I think 
you're right. That specific explanation of closure that you think people should have this etiquette and give to people, it's true. They should, because then it's so helpful because then you don't start spinning and like guessing and pulling things out of thin air. But if you are in that situation and a lot of times you're not given a like very clear explanation or you're just giving it like a generic one, it's better than nothing. But also like check in with yourself too, because at the end of the day, you're going to believe whatever your head is telling yourself anyway. Somebody could sit and tell you like, you're great and I had the best time. And then you could be like, well, then why did you act like this? Obviously he didn't mean it. Well, what did you know, you could question it anyway. So it's like, not that you don't trust people or that people, you shouldn't be trusting people. You, I mean, anybody listening to you, like it's not to be untrustworthy, but you could potentially do that. Like you could sit and be like, mm, yeah, well, I, what if they were just too afraid to tell me the real truth? Or what if it's just because I'm not pretty enough or blonde enough or whatever? Um, well, if that's the case too, by the way, like there are ways to say those things like euphemisms, like I just don't feel a romantic connection between us. And you can't question that because you can't yeah. say why. If, if somebody says, I don't see a future with you. Also, that is something that you can say why to. If there's ever a why that can follow your generic blowing offness, I think that's where you've gone wrong because yeah. you didn't provide enough information that is concrete for that person. And again, again, you don't want to tell someone you're not attracted to them, but you can say, I don't feel a romantic connection. Yes. Or you can say like, I just think that we're in different places right now. So I don't see a future imminently because you are bopping around town, living a single life, having fun. And I'm looking to be more serious with somebody and really have a partner right now. And, and that's okay I, too. And that's okay too. And this is the other thing, Jen, your point valid. I'm going to play devil's advocate. So everyone has a responsibility, right? So then you on the other end, getting the explanation, if there is a why you have a responsibility to ask it then. So you should say, okay, what, um, would you mind telling me why? Just so I can like learn from it or however the fuck you want to propose it. But if you, if there's a question and you're really curious and you want to know you should ask and guess what, if they're telling you, if they're opening up the door, that's like an invitation to sort of have this open conversation. So I think that you should feel comfortable at that point to then ask because they're offering you up some information. And if you want to know a little more specificity, then ask. Love it. And I'm going to make a commitment to myself to do that moving forward and also to be more clear when I'm giving exactly. um, the response to other people in the future. Okay. So now because we're talking about like fear and dating in LA, we need to just go over a couple of things that we think are like ways to help. I mean, you're never going to totally get over these fears, but you know, they exist. We're talking about how the worthiness and unworthiness is like in your mind and heart and they live together, but we're finding the balance. So how can we balance this fear of dating in LA? Like it's healthy to have some fears. So you're safe and like aware, but like, you don't want it to be too fearful because then it just like takes over and like puts you to it at a stop basically. Well, in summary, I think our takeaways from everything we revealed about our deepest, darkest fears in love and what we know to be true as the reality of the situation is that one, if you know your self-worth, what you feel about you, how your friends see you, what your family says they appreciate about you, then you can be realistic about where you stand in the world as a human being versus where somebody that you're dating, where they see you or how they feel about you. Because ultimately, 
you know you the best and you know your loved ones the best. And I think that's who you should trust as a real reflection of who you are versus somebody that's new to your life and has their own viewpoint of your romantic dynamic. That's also a super specific dynamic to view somebody from that lens. It's not who you are at your core and your foundation. So I think you need to be realistic about whose eyes you're judging yourself from. Pick the people that actually matter, not this transient person who's in and out of your life. And then the same with them. Like they probably have friends too that see them a certain way. And you're only essentially evaluating what you know in the small little time frame that you've met them. Exactly. Uh, that's that makes perfect sense. So keep that in mind. Also, I think to remember that when you're dealing with humans, like it's not that black and white. Like there's not just one answer. Or this person's just this, or I'm just that. Like you're dealing with your own st- stuff, and then a whole other person coming in with their own stuff. So like you have to try not to take things personally sometimes, like what we just talked about. And you need to look at like everything, like the whole picture, right? And just kind of try to like dissect the dynamic that you're feeling that you're in that you had with that person. It's just going to get you closer to who you want to be and who you want to be with. It's just going to end up leading you down that path. So like ask questions and just remember like, I have my own stuff to deal with. This other person does too. Like, how can I be realistic about what is going on instead of just taking things so personally? Absolutely. Learn what you want and what you don't. I made a list because I was like, let no experience be a not a lesson learned. So exactly. Um, I think everything has its takeaways. And you also can take breaks. If yes. you don't feel like going on dates or you just got burned, let's say, or you're whatever the case may be, and you're just not feeling it, don't force yourself because ultimately your energy may result in some not so fun dates, which shouldn't frame your view of dates to come because it ends up being a pile on effect. So, you know, when they say it rains, it pours, you're like going on some bad dates. You're going to keep thinking that there's only bad dates out there. If you continue to go take a break, take a breather, go do some things for you, fill yourself up with things you love. So you're back to your best self. You remember who you are. You haven't lost yourself in somebody else's view of you. And you have more to also talk about on these next dates that you go on and, and you're rejuvenated because you're happier with what you're doing with your time. So ultimately, like I can just say, you know, after this whole thing happened, I went to jazz night, my favorite place to go. And I went to an art show and I talked to friends and I um, squeezed my dog and I watched TV and I worked out and I went to ballet. And like, ultimately, I'm like, wait, my life is awesome. I do awesome things. I'm personally awesome. What this person views me as or why they think we don't have a future or whatever, that's their problem to solve for themselves. Mm -hmm. One they'll probably regret, which is also not my problem. But exactly. ultimately, taking a break from any of thing, anything that upsets you, I think is healthy and should be how you approach things because no one's forcing you unless it's your job to go back every day. So exactly. take your break, take stock, and enjoy your time with yourself and your life and your fun and your friends and the people and that love you. Don't treat dating like your job. No. And all of this should hopefully help you find the worthiness balance that we've been talking about. It's so hard in LA and 
I'm sure other major cities, but we're speaking on what we know. And it is very hard here. I think it is specifically harder here than other places. So we feel the pain of all of the daters out there. We've all been there. We're all here for you. We are in this together. We're your village. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to a special edition of It's Complicated in the Worthy in Love podcast tour. We are so excited to be part of this. Don't forget to follow the tour at veronicagrant.com forward slash pod tour to hear all of the amazing episodes that came before ours. And also we have a special announcement on our next podcast and you don't want to miss it. So be sure to tune into It's Complicated to hear what we have to say and to listen to us talk about more dating and relationshipy stuff like we normally do. And if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And subscribe to It's Complicated wherever you get your pods. Rate, comment, and tell a friend. And you can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meds. And you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meds. Love you long time. You're on a hot date with Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. And now, It's Complicated. <laughs>